You are Locked On Falcons Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Atlanta Falcons football postcast. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. I have here with me my guys, Jarvis Davis and Aaron Freeman. And you know, our shows during the week, we typically call them a party, right? Ain't no party today other than what Bobby Brown did. Bobby Brown danced at halftime and Washington Commanders danced the whole darn game, right? He was struggling, T. So he did a good performance, but yeah, he was struggling though. But yeah, yeah, that was probably yeah. the only positive from the day. <laughs> right. He, yeah, he stays bl- with bless his heart. Um yeah. so yeah, <laughs> he stays doing it. But of course, Washington Commanders came in and commanded the to me the, the entire well, not, I won't say the entire game, but commanded a lot of this game, 24 to 16. But guys, real talk. A lot of this game was not won by the commanders, in my opinion, as much as it was lost by the Falcons, Aaron. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've gotten used to the last couple of weeks with this defense or really all season long where the Falcons offense will make a mistake. They'll turn the ball over. They'll give up a short field and the defense will go out there and get a stop. And this yeah. week we didn't get that. All three of Washington's touchdowns this week came on short fields. You had the big punt return by Jamison Crowder early in the game in the second quarter. Then you had a failed fourth down conversion uh, later. Um, And then you had that third quarter interception. And Washington, you know, credit goes to Washington. They were able to capitalize on those. And it just, you know, that that coupled with some of the offensive issues that we'll, we'll certainly get into, um, it just shows you like the, the Falcons just didn't play their usual style of football today. And it, it sort of proved costly. Again, the defense wasn't all bad because they gave this team plenty of chances late in this game in the second half to get back into the game and they weren't able to take advantage of it. But it was it just felt like something was off in in Mercedes-Benz Stadium this day because you didn't get the usual sort of standout defense, you know, playing lights out, win those opportunities, and then the offense didn't take advantage of those opportunities, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, So it was just an off day. I just want to jump in real quick, and then I want to hear from you as well, because I know you were there kind of to give us that insight on what, what it felt like and what it looked like in person. But I actually feel like the defense did okay for a little bit longer than maybe we're giving them credit for, because the commanders only scored seven points, and they scored seven points in the second half because of Desmond Ritter, not the defense. The defense looked did they, they didn't look like they did say the first, the second two games, like the last two games, but they did look like I felt the defense from the first three games. Meaning they woke up in the second half those first three games. So I felt like that we saw that. And I'm not saying, Aaron, that's a good thing. I like the one we saw the last two games. But ultimately, I think it just kind of falls at the feet of Desmond Ritter. But Jarvis, what were your take, your initial takeaways? I mean, for me, I, I turn to Arthur Smith because, like, I feel like it starts with him. When you're talking about clock management, mismanagement, yes. you, I'm talking about you get up to make a good play, you get mm-hmm. up to the line of scrimmage, you, you clock, you know, you, you down the football to stop the clock. And then you come out and then get to the point where the clock, the play clock is running down and you have to call, burn one of your timeouts. It's just yeah. stuff like that just can't happen. And then to add to that, you go for two, you get the penalty, and, and you move the ball a, a couple inches closer to the goal line. And, and you instead of just going kicking an extra point and just moving right. on. Or, drivers, right, or <laughs> drivers, if he's going to do that, then let – 
Tyler Algier run up the gut. He was giving you a lot of nice runs, especially as you got into the low red zone. There were so, like you said, Jarvis, that was a lot of decision-making questions on my part. Also, guys, uh, there on that uh, drive where, yeah, I mean, Ritter overthrew the heck out of the receiver a couple times, but I was thinking to myself, you're so close. You're in the low red zone. Help me to understand why you're throwing at this point. This is one of those where Tyler Algier would have been the perfect solution in that situation. So yeah, I have to agree with both of you guys in terms of uh, what we saw today that was making all of us kind of shake our heads. Yeah, it's, it's just weird because you, you talk about, you know, looking at, we talked about on postcast last week, looking at the stats, what uh, Ritter threw the ball 37 times and the running game was non-existent. And that should have been a loss if you didn't watch that game. Mm-hmm. This time it came to fruition because here's the thing, like, you can only get away with that type of stuff, you know, on a on a weekly basis, like because mm-hmm. you can't expect the same results if you're turning the ball over late in games like you did today, like yeah. you turned the ball over twice last week, and you're still able to find a way to win the game. That doesn't happen every week because you're right. just not good enough to overcome that type of stuff, especially when you throw away in the red zone. When of course it was a bad snap with uh, to Desmond Ritter. You rolling out like that, you got to get that ball, throw that ball to where no one can catch it because it, it's just a bad situation when you turn the ball in the red zone like that. And when you're down by down by one score, it, it just seems like that one score is 21 points. It's yes. three or four scores. And it just seems like you just can't get ahead. you just continually playing behind the ball, playing behind the chains, playing behind, you know, uh, coaching decisions, chasing points. You know, yeah. like this is just bad football. It's bad football, and you can't continue to do these things and expect to win games. You can't sell me on that. You can't right. sell me on that. And the postseason ain't talking about the post game press conference right now. You can't sell me on playing like this each and every Sunday. It, it's right. just totally unacceptable. And and I, I know you have a young quarterback, mm-hmm. and, I, and less than ten starts in the NFL, but. Getting everybody up to the line of scrimmage and snapping the football, that's not something that you should learn on the go. Like, yeah. you know, everybody used that term when you're talking about Desmond Ritter. Oh, he learned on the go, learn on the go. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta deal with that as a young quarterback. It's gonna be ups and downs. No, not with that. Yeah, that's day yeah. one stuff. That's day one type mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, RIP ATL day ones. But yeah, that's the type of those are the type of the things that you have to get every single time no matter what type of experience you have in this league and we just didn't he continued to make those mistakes today and it's just it was just awful to watch it was bad football today hands down and Aaron I I want to go back to Jarvis's point about Arthur Smith once you you know if you see Des Ritter throw one pick right and misread on one play that's one thing But when you start seeing it multiple times, especially in the beginning of a game where you find yourself down, you know, 24 to 10 and you're not exactly a comeback type of team. I just felt like those were moments as well where go with what got you here. Go with what you trust. Why wasn't that ball in Bijan Robinson's hands a little bit more? Why wasn't the ball in Tyler Algier's hands a little bit more? Like, why was the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands when you had opportunities to come back when he's showing you that? He can't communicate properly. He's showing you that the secondary from the commanders can read him because he is telegraphing everything to them. That was, to me, poor play calling as well because you have a ground game. You have a ground game. 
it, you may only get two yards here. You may only get two yards there, but if you keep plugging away, let your run game, let, you know, let the run take you to the pass, not vice versa. And that's what I thought. And even though Aaron, I saw, and I'll, I'll hold, you know what? I'll hold right there. Cause we, we got some Des talk. So I'll hold right there. Okay. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to have a little deep dive. And we're going to, you know, kind of go, not RIP, but it sure did feel like that. But anyway, <laughs> Jarvis is going to tell you guys a little bit about some positive things, game time and price picks. Folks, listen up. I got to tell you something because, hey, I know you're trying to figure out, like, okay, how can I get me some tickets? Or, you know, you've ever been in a bind where you're trying to figure out, all right, what uh, where do I go to get some last-minute tickets? Guess what? Game time has got you covered because this episode – of Lock on Falcons Postcast is brought to you by Game Time, and they have dig- deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Whether you're trying to go to the game and see some bad football at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, or you're trying to go find a Taylor Swift concert and spend your mortgage and try to buy a ticket. So, yeah, go to Game Time right now. So here's what you need to do, guys. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Yes, you heard that correctly. All you got to do is download the app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. I promise you, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, for $20 off. Download game time today for last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Also, folks, I want to tell you about prize picks. Guess what? Prize picks is the easiest way to kind of flip your money. You're trying to figure out a way to get some more money. All you got to do is, it's the most fun I've been having ever since winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you got to do is just select two or more players and Pick at the over under, and I guarantee you, more or less on the projected stats, and you can place your entry. Testing my skills on prospect football season, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 just with a few taps. I love those numbers. Prospect is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. I'm telling you guys, it is super easy. You don't have to worry about anything like that. They offer weekly promotions. That can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. We go it up. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. I'm talking about in for you youngsters. They offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. This one right here. I'm telling you, it's right here. So all you got to do is go to prizepick.com slash NFL. Prizepicks.com says locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $1,500. Oh my God, that is so great. Locked on NFL, first deposit match up to $100. And also, you got to make sure you use the code locked on NFL because Prizepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So, guys, now it's time for us to do a little postpartum, right? I'm going to talk a little bit about the performance that was Des Ritter. There's so much to dig into there, but I want to ask you guys at a high level, Jarvis, 
Did you feel like the Desmond Ritter that you saw today took a step back? Yes, uh, I believe so, because there were some opportunities in that first half to break this game open. I think one of them was to Van Jefferson. He had got behind double coverage. He was right there in the end zone and he just missed him. I yeah. feel like he just missed him. You know, I, if it was, it was a, if, you know, I can maybe say Van Jefferson probably should have, you know, dug in a little bit more before he turned around and tried to find the football. Sure. But I feel like there was no pressure. Desmond Ritter right had plenty of time to throw the football. And, mm -hmm. you know, the offensive line was pretty decent today. So mm -hmm. you can't use that as an excuse. So I, I think there were so many opportunities that, that was just missed. And, and the, the funny thing about Desmond Ritter is on that touchdown throw to Pitts, that was perfect. That was a perfect throw. It was a perfect throw. And then you go to a situation where you have an opportunity to throw another touchdown and you just don't. You're not able to take advantage for whatever reason. Yeah. Throw them at Hollins. Um, it was underneath, wide open. He tries to lead him. The defender is dang there sitting on his behind because Matt Hollins is wide open. He's 6'4, 220 pounds. Put it on the man. That's all you have to do. So it was just, it's just little things like that that just can be the difference in the game because this is the NFL, guys. I know that. People thought, looking at the commanders on Thursday night against Chicago Bears, they gave up 40 points. Oh, man, this Riddick can come back here and have another good performance. Yeah, he can, but guess what? We saw that old, that road team, uh, Desmond Riddick, come out today. That's what we saw. And if we continue to see that, like, and continue, he's going to continue to regress. And I think that's what he did today. He took a step back. Yeah, we're, we're going to call him that from now on until he gives us a reason to go otherwise, Aaron. Road Ritter. Road Ritter and good Ritter. And, you know, digging into the numbers, although we know 28 or 47 going past that 47, if we look at it more like last week where it was 37 and maybe this would have been 25 of 37 or 22 of 37, 307 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, you might say to yourself, okay, this game, does it does look eerily similar to last week, but I also agree with what Jarvis said earlier, which is we don't want it to look eerily similar to last week because you escaped with that. And I, for one, didn't think Ron Rivera's team was going to allow the Falcons to do what they did last week and escape. And they didn't. Three interceptions and three sacks. What did you see? Did you feel like Desmond Ritter gave you the thought of he's he's stepping back, he's kind of regressing? Yeah, to, to a certain extent, I, I think so. But I, I didn't expect Ritter to play better this week than he did last week because I think last week – is pretty easy to make the case that was the best game of his career. And yeah. while I would have loved to have seen Ritter have back-to-back -back games that were the best games of his career, I didn't expect that. Again, that's part of the youth that you just don't expect that sort of consistency as yeah. the player is, is growing. So I did expect some somewhat of a step back. And as Jarvis said, like the early going, it didn't seem like it was a major step back, which is like a couple of missed throws on the deep ball to Van Jefferson on that wheel route to 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 Bijan. Like he yeah, hits yeah. those throws. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're we're probably not having this conversation because the Falcons go down and score, and, and this game is very different. And then in the second half, we talked about some of the the procedural stuff, the questionable play calling with Arthur Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, it just it felt like they were pressing. You know, yes. and we've seen Ritter yes. press at times and like it just felt like 
the same Ritter, the road Ritter that was pressing in some of those earlier games that led to some of those mistakes showed up in the second half and they just couldn't connect. So I, I, while I think this is a step back for Ritter, I don't think to me, this wasn't like a huge step back. I think there was a lot of positives early in this game that you can get back to. And, and just, I think the main thing with the Falcons is they're just going to have to clean up some things, right? So a lot of that, you know, play call and get the play in on time. Some of the, you know, run it instead of throwing it stuff. Like, I feel like those are relatively small problems to solve when you, mm-hmm. you got like 70% of the way there uh, this week. So uh, while it's a step back for Ritter, I don't feel like it needs to be, you know, this like huge, like turning point in his career. It's like, okay, yeah, I wished he would have played a little bit better and mm-hmm. hopefully he will get that first good road performance next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I, I do think that's going to be a concern given that we didn't get the same home Ritter that we have grown accustomed to seeing, especially in the fourth quarter. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, the look ahead to the Bucks, but that's interesting because I'm thinking it's kind of a daunting task because you know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of Bryce Young playing against the Falcons where Bryce Young looked pretty good in the first half. And then all of a sudden in the second half, he looked like a rookie. And maybe that was what we saw from Desmond Ritter this week as well. So you might have to wait a week or two for him to kind of get those kinks out, especially on the road. But, but again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, guys, I really liked a lot of what I saw by some in the, on the defense. And I think I've got to go to Arnold Ebikati first because we have been asking him to show up for so very long. And finally, we saw him get after it today. Jarvis, how good was it to see Ebikati finally start to show you the reason that the Falcons moved up to draft him. Uh, I think it was good to see. Um, it was good to see him in the game because, you know, yeah. they're like yes. this dude, <laughs> when you look at his snap count throughout this season, it, it doesn't look like a guy that was drafted in the second round, a guy that right. they moved up for, you know. And like I said, and I've kind of laid out some reasons why that might mm-hmm. be the case. You got a guy in Calais Campbell who's, you know, got a lot of experience and getting getting home to the quarterback, but mm-hmm. is he that necessarily that that guy now? Right. You know, so do we do? Does he need to take snaps away? Is he good enough to take snaps away from a guy mm-hmm. like Abiketti? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's up for that's up for the coaches to, to make that decision. And it seems like right. they have made that one. But mm-hmm. but all in all, though, it was good to see him get in there, get some pressure on the quarterback because we know. Coming into this game, we understood that Sam Howell he will hold on to the football. Yes, and, and, and he he will if he will hesitate, and mm-hmm. we saw that you know throughout this game you know where and but it, it was in spurts right because yep. you know there were times where he looked like he was doggone going to be the quarterback of the future you know <laughs> and we saw we I'm sure Commanders fans were riding that wave as well you know for him sitting back there taking 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 sacks or he was mm-hmm. walking the ball down the field you know. Com- Completion after completion after completion, you know, getting the ball out of his hands. So, right. uh, but yeah, it, all, all in all, I feel like it was unadvocated. It was good to see him out there. And yeah. then once he was out there and able to chance to get, get you know, get be able to get to the quarterback, mm-hmm. then we saw him get home a couple of times. And I was just going to say that that's Jarvis. Let me pick up where you, you're leaving off because Aaron, we've talked also this entire season about, Hey, it's good to get close. Hey, it's good to bring pressure. Hey, it's good to get QB hits, but Hey, it's even better to get a sack. And so to see this team get five sacks today, I think that was pretty powerful for us to see, of course, KT with a sack and a half and Bud Dupree with a sack and a half as well. How good was it just to see uh, this team finally get home? 
yeah, it was it was nice. It was you know I was basically like you you got to get at least four sacks against Washington based off how they played this year. Right, that, that's the <laughs> measuring yeah. stick. Like that, that's you know, minimum yeah. that you you yes. should you expect. I'll, I'll give Calais Campbell some love. I thought he played his best game of the season this day. Got his 100 sack this year, I thought. Right. Uh, got after Sam Howell. I think a, a couple of other guys. I, they were hitting Sam Howell in this game. So it was nice to see the pass rush, you know, sort of finally show up. It'll be a question, can they do this again? Or is this just, hey, they padded their stats like every other defense has against this Washington Commanders <laughs> team and Sam Howell in this tendency to hold the ball. So that's still going to be a question mark going into next week. But at yeah. least today – you know, they have some the pass rush has some cause for celebration, even if the rest of the team doesn't. Yeah, I, I would I would agree as well. And I think, you know, it was interesting because I didn't expect us to necessarily have conversation about the secondary. Right. We usually don't have too much conversation about them because overall they're not letting explosive plays come. You know, they're really not allowing for a lot of movement. But the other piece there was the passing game was shockingly there for Sam Howell and company. So, I mean, what do you guys make of that? Because again, that wasn't a conversation or part of this conversation I expected to have. I I think it was just a matter of them. They were, they were just getting rid of the football. There was a lot of, you know, underneath stuff. And then, yes. And he was, and he had time, right? Like in the first half, they weren't really getting home like that. Like that was one of those moments where, Hey, he looked like the face of the franchise because, he was just sitting back there patting the ball, patting the ball. Then he was getting rid of it, or he would roll out. We would and find one of these guys. They were running a lot of crossing routes, especially when the Falcons were in the zone. So, you know, some of the guys got eyes got a little caught, you know, looking at the quarterback versus, you know, making sure their area is is covered, you know. So we saw that with A.J. Terrell um, down the sidelines, you know, mm-hmm. whether the thing was in the second quarter. So, yeah, all, a lot of those things were – the commanders were able to just really take advantage of some soft spots, you know, like, yeah, they got home. They sat the quarterback quite a bit. They padded their stats. Yeah. But there were times where Sam, Sam Howell had plenty of time. And I tweeted this out during the game. If you give any quarterback this time that's in the NFL as a right. starter, he's going to find somebody open. Geno yeah. Smith is coming to, coming to this, coming to town and, and look good. You know, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold has come into town and looked good. We've seen some very average quarterbacks come into town and look good because the Falcons can't consistently put pressure on the quarterbacks. And that's that was what that was a result of today. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about what the Falcons need to do to have a better outing, especially going on the road to Tampa Bay. But before we talk about that L that uh, the Falcons took today and how they make it a W next week, Jarvis is going to tell you guys how LinkedIn can help you to win. Folks, let me tell you about LinkedIn. It is the official sponsor of this episode of Locked On Falcons Postcast. These days, new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Yes, folks, LinkedIn Jobs is amazing. They help find the right people for your team faster and for free. I'm telling you, they have simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize. You like to interview and hire. I'm telling you guys, all you small business owners, this is the best way to go because when you think about trying to hire someone who can help grow your business, you don't want to put that in jeopardy by going to another Ricky D company. Go to LinkedIn Jobs right now. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, number one in delivering quality hires 
versus leading competitors. So here, what I want you to do, go to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, guys, we know the Falcons are going to have a test. They're going on the road. This is a really critical game because, of course, this helps the Falcons, if they get the win in Tampa, to really stay at the top of the division and make sure they compete for that NFC South crown. But here's a little tidbit. Shaq Barrett's back today. So if he's back today, he'll probably be back next week. That said, <laughs> what yeah, do you back this week too, T. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, the so, has issues with big defensive tackles. No, see Derek Brown. See Derek Brown. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, like, whoa, you know, it's gonna be a daunting task for them. When they go into Tampa, not to say that this is not a winnable game, but that said, what would make it a winnable game? What are some of the things that need to be reset during practice this week for the Falcons? Well, I think, you know, we kind of already touched upon it, right? Like you need to see the offensive line continue to stack these games, right? You know, yes, like yes. going up against another four formidable front in Tampa Bay when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have beaten the Falcons handily in the past. It is because that front seven has dominated the line of scrimmage. And then on the other side, you had Tom Brady, you know, just basically just picking apart this team. Now, fortunately that won't be a problem anymore. Right. right. But Baker Mayfield has Baker looked Mayfield solid. Could, okay. You know, he, yeah. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like they still got right. some playmakers on no that weapons. side of the ball. Yep. So you need the secondary to step up. You need to be able to get pressure on Baker Mayfield because we know Baker Mayfield, a lot like Sam Howe, will take some sacks if yes. you can pressure him and will make some mistakes if you can pressure him. So we need to see the pass rush stand up, and you just need to see this offense just get rid of the, the mistakes, the penalties, the turnovers. Just play clean football, run yes. the football, dial up some explosive plays against a, a tough Bucks defense that's not going to give you those. They're not going to hand you those like Washington potentially could have. Right. Yeah. So you're going to have to work for it against Tampa Bay's defense. But like, I think the Falcons, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if, if Road Raider shows up again. But like, you know, they got what it takes to do it, but it's it's going to be a, a slog. Like, just yeah. it's going to be, you know, four quarters of, of, of tough football you yeah. got to fight for every inch and hopefully the falcons will will figure it out in the end unlike today yeah and Travis, there's one thing that aaron said that i wanted to add to as well you know that a lot of things you know because arthur smith he loves excellence but the number one thing that agitates the heck out of the head coach is penalties especially pre-snap penalties especially dumb penalties in the low red zone right well in the red mm -hmm. zone overall so it's interesting because the Falcons actually were only, they only had three penalties for 26 yards going into that final drive. They doubled that in one drive alone. And that's something that's not a winning formula, but what do you think is part of the winning formula that the Falcons are going to have to employ in order to compete, if not beat the Bucks? I think you got to continue to put Desmond Ritter Desmond Ritter, I'm about to say Roman Ritter. Desmond Ritter <laughs> into situations where he's going to have to make a decision. You got to put some pressure on him in practice. Yes. We talked about, you know, leading up to the season, how 
they they were getting good reps in practice and how that's beneficial and you don't necessarily need the game experience and all that stuff. Now you want to go tap into that this week because yeah. like you can't have a situation where you plop the ball and <laughs> you, you, you plop the ball and then you come back out and then for whatever reason miscommunication delay on getting the play in or whatever not getting everybody up to the line screen whatever whatever the, the situation is mm-hmm. iron that out figure that part out and and you have to burn time out. That's just not good football. It's not sound football. And, right. and and I think that, you know, Arthur Smith, is some of that is on him too. I get to play in faster. Like mm-hmm. there are so many solutions that you can throw out there that for this not to happen again. These type of situations can't happen again because you're just not going to win games because and, – and the funny thing about it, the league is they will come back up. And more mm-hmm. than likely, it's going to come back up next yeah. week against the Bucks. So exactly. they don't have to get that fixed immediately. Yeah, and just to add to that, I want to see a little bit more Tyler Algier in some critical situations. I thought he did a great job. And I did like where, for the most part, Arthur Smith employed him today, but I would like to see a little bit more of him. Um, I felt like Bijan Robinson had a quiet day, a little bit of quiet based on the commanders, but I guess, you know, just a little bit of quiet, I think, because I don't think he necessarily was put in the best situations that he could be put in. And finally, I will say this. If we can keep seeing what we saw in Arthur Smith getting the ball in the hands of Kyle Pitts for the most part today, I thought that was that worked out very, very well yeah. for the Falcons. And if they can continue that where and even Drake London a couple times where those receivers, the, the pass catchers, <laughs> right, exactly. Being a little liberal, the pass catchers, 50 balls, see, those are like 37. 53 balls. <laughs> oh, my math is off. I'm sorry. 37, 43 balls. Like, my bad. I'm all yeah. off of that. Sorry, guys. My math is all off. But yeah, 37, 43 balls. No, 53. I'm off. I give up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't really know what Jarvis is doing. Jarvis is going to so I'm off today. <laughs> my math is off. <laughs> hey look guys we have an atlanta football party every monday where our girl tori mcelhaney joins us 37. <laughs> hopefully jarvis's math will be on point by the time he has 63 there we go yeah yeah he was gonna get it right Aaron, eventually <laughs> before the broadcast ended yeah so but look i can't go in on jarvis about his math when my lighting is a hot mess so <laughs> who the heck am i to talk about anybody today yeah, but you know what, guys? We really do a quality broadcast on Mondays. Our Atlanta football party is something to see because Aaron, Jarvis, Tori, and I will have had an opportunity to really, really look at some more film and find out where things went wrong. We'll do that a bit more. <laughs> and, work on, and work on my math, too. And yeah, yeah, get your math right, because Jarvis's math ain't math. See you tomorrow. <laughs>